0: And clobbering arm!
1: Nice! Nice! Stuff.
0: Still. Oh, hell yeah, score. Stop the
1: fuck, fine bitch! Without further ado! Time to make the chimney fucking
2: chongas. Alright! It's finally time to make the chimney fucking chongas again. <laughs> We've been on a little bit of a break, a little bit, a little bit, um, but yeah, we're back. This is Stuff Still Rules Podcast. I'm Jay Matson, and I'm joined, as I am every episode, by my good friend
0: and co-host, Mr. Big Million. Who wants to walk with Big Million? Not a lot of people. <laughs> Not a lot of people. <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah, we got a uh, we got a really big shoe. It's a really, really terrible Ed Sullivan impression, but... Um so on tonight's show we have an interview with none other than Lips lead singer and one of the founding members or lead singer lead guitarist and one of the founding members of the Canadian heavy metal band Anvil. Everybody should
0: remember them from the documentary that came out yes. 10 11 12 years ago The Story of Anvil if you haven't seen it it's on Netflix and it's it's an awesome documentary. I think you and I were talking about this like the older I get the more I'm into watching documentaries. Oh, dude, i it's on shit that I, like, don't care about.
2: Yeah, my most recent uh, thing that I'm into watching is that uh, I started watching the show Expedition Unknown
0: on the Travel Channel. That's where it goes, like, travel hunting or treasure hunting. Yeah, right? yeah, he goes, like,
2: tracking down, like, uh, the first episodes about fucking, like, Lost City Atlantis. in Cambodia. Oh. And they were saying, like, that throughout the country... Like, they've been clearing out mines, like landmines, for fucking ever. hmm And one guy said he personally has cleared 50,000, and he said there's still about four to five million landmines throughout, spread throughout that country from when the uh, French, from when Cambodia and Vietnam and all that shit was, like, a French uh, territory, I guess.
0: Yeah, the old lady and the boy got into that show, and, like, I, I don't want to say that I, like, got hooked into it, but I... Watched it. I mean, it's all right. It was cool for what it was, but after like six, seven, eight episodes, it's like, all right. He's you not- don't ever find anything. Exactly. It's <laughs> I like,
2: noticed that after he, like the first three episodes, like this motherfucker never finds anything. It reminded
0: me of the John Caparulo joke where he was talking about how he would always watch Finding Bigfoot. Yeah. And they never fucking find Bigfoot. Right. And the, the joke that he's setting up is that his cable goes out and he's like, well, what if fucking they find Bigfoot and I'm not there? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like it for the history aspect of it. Yeah. But tell me that wouldn't be a cool fucking job to have oh, that'd getting be,
0: going to yeah? fucking places like that. Although I hate traveling, dude. I hate it. Yeah.
2: I don't like it. I I don't mind it's it's the in between the actual traveling portion. I like getting to the destination or being at the destination, but it's leaving point A And point B, it's that middle part.
0: Yeah, even if it's on, like, a flight, dude. Like, I'm all right on a flight for, well, I am now. I remember the first time I rode in a plane, I was shitting myself because it was exactly one year after September 11th, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking die. This is, And I'm strapping my fucking seatbelt on, and my buddy TJ looks at me, and he goes, you know that's not going to do anything, right? Will you shut the fuck up? It's making me feel better. It
2: makes me feel better. But, but uh, I yeah. can't,
0: dude. Like, if I – that long in a plane, I start to get claustrophobic. Oh, it sucks. And in a car, I've just – fucking get me there. That's like, I f- got to go to Vegas in June, dude, and I'm all right with, like, driving to Bakersfield, yeah. which is, like, 90 miles away. Okay, now add another five hours onto that. Fuck. Yeah, try doing the 18 – the or the
2: 20-some-odd hours it takes to drive from Minnesota to here.
0: I drove from Seattle to Toledo in a U-Haul. I know <laughs> it sucks. I dude. know all about long fucking That's why fucking I don't think.
2: I, aside from you know the fact that I can't really work the clutch with my knee the way it is, but that's why I couldn't be a long haul trucker, dude. It's just fucking. I wouldn't want to be one anyway, dude. I hate.
0: I hate like that's what like when we were in the, the bands we were in and then fucking like even back home whenever the the idea of a tour or even like a little tour came up Mm -hmm. always i'm like no i don't want to do it i'll do it but i don't want to do it
2: you just be lucky you didn't have to play the fucking workshop in series man the what the workshop it's this like diy little venue and i'm using the term venue quite loosely it's essentially a garage with a chintzy fucking stage And it's kind of in, like, this fenced-in area in, like, an open field. Where is this at? Series. I have no idea where that's at. It's up kind of near Modesto or Merced or something. It's up that way, at water, kind of that direction. Nothing like playing at a... uh... (laughs) So you drive, (laughs) like, two hours or something, you know, however long. You know, however long it takes to get... It. Actually, I think it's up closer to Turlock, but... Yeah, you drive, like, two hours just to find out that you're playing, essentially, in a... Uh, a dump. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing in some dude's garage or some shit, but it's not, like, at a house. It's just a garage.
0: In front of six people for a pack of gum?
2: Yeah, there was, like, an engine block and you know, at one point of the stage. Or at one point in one area of the place. But, yeah. I understand
0: so. the whole paying your dues thing, but, they, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, and that's the <sighs> fucked up, most fucked up part about it. Is it supposed to be for, like, a benefit show to raise money? Because I guess they got broken into, you go fucking figure. They got broken into and someone stole the PA. It was supposed to be a benefit show to raise money for that. But, really, the only people that were there were the other bands and their maybe their one or two friends that they brought with.
0: Yeah, I hated those shows, dude. There was Absolutely. one. There was one show my old band back home played, and it was there was this big club the, called the Underground, where like a lot of top names played, like Kid Rock had played there, and ICP had played there, and this is all before they blew up, blew up. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it shut down for a while, and we played their grand reopening, and there was no promotion on it at all, because when we're like, oh yeah, we're playing the Underground, and they're like, I thought that place was closed. So when we got there and saw that there was literally no one, I'm like, all right, band meeting, because we were going on last, dude. Yeah. Band meeting, let's get fucked up. Let's let's get wasted. And we did. We got really fucking drunk, played a horrible set. Normally, I won't play with my glasses on. I won't go on stage, but I needed them then. And uh, we got banned from playing there ever again. Awesome. I thought so. Now, were you in the band? Were you, were you in Blind
2: Disciple when we played the the it was like a big four cover band and a black Sabbath cover band that we opened up for. I don't think, I don't so. think you were. Yeah. But that was probably the most people we ever played for. Cause I mean, there was a pretty good turnout <sighs> yeah, for that one. Excuse me.
0: No. Um, I think while well, my first show was when we played, uh, the atwater bls guys thing oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was the first That's show right. and then uh
2: yeah because you were fighting with your fucking amp
0: yep and then it and was ended
2: up having it. we ended up working as a four piece but i was doing vocals only. and what's funny
0: is, is i switched to your guitar yeah and then my amp starts working <laughs> so i thought it was my guitar uh-huh. the whole time find out later that it's a fucking amp but speaking of guitars while we're on the subject i gotta throw a thanks out to todd evans ken haas and reverend guitars because i got one of todd's signature uh signature squatch hammers sent to me man i'm pretty fucking stoked about that i just oh yeah i gotta like learn how to play again it's it's pretty sweet guitar, dude. Real
2: fucking lot lighter than I thought it was going to be. Very light, dude. It's way lighter than even my ESP, dude. It's
0: lighter than that Epi V that I had, the the Goth V that I was rocking for a while. Yeah. It's lighter than that.
2: Well, Gibsons tend to run a little bit on the heavy.
0: Gibson Epiphone tend to run a little bit on the heavy side. That Goth V was light as hell. Really? Like, it was lighter than my Explorers, and it blew me away how light hmm. it was. But this one, I like, I'm like, holy fuck, man. This is like picking up a... Fucking sack of feathers. But yeah, but, stoked to that. And while we're talking about new things, new home for the show.
2: Oh yeah, this is the first episode um, that is the first new episode that's going to be uploaded onto Anchored.fm and it's going to be available on, uh, as of right now, the podcast is available on FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um. But um, yeah, and I gotta redo the the iTunes thing because I deleted everything from the iTunes. <laughs> so as of right now, anyways, the the uh, the only episodes that are available are the stuff still rules episodes. I didn't upload any of the wrestling episodes. The, and the only Stuff still Rules episode that's not available currently is the KISS episode, and that's just because it's like 14 megabytes
0: too large. It's because we talk too fucking much about it.
2: So, yeah, I got to cut it down, um, you know, as much as I can. Yeah, so that's going to be... That's our new home for right now. Um, we're going to have additional sponsors, you know. That are assigned to the show, that, that Yeah, they're going to basically... Um, I don't know how it works. They they look at things and stuff and they figure out, okay, this one would work out good for you. So far, we have no sponsors outside of Gremlin Juice and Hell Hot Hot Sauce.
0: We're, who we're still going to throw love Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, you know yeah, I mean? they're still
2: going to get plugged on the show. Like, I mean,
0: Gremlin's know. like the, the founding sponsor, dude. We wouldn't have been able to put out as much shit as we did without them. Yeah, and you
2: know, so big thanks to to Rich, Rich and for, uh, Gremlin, for fucking juice, Gremlin DIY supporting us for from paying, the beginning for paying our um, bills. Yeah, for paying the SoundCloud bill, which thankfully we don't have to pay anymore. Thank God. We just got to make sure we keep the episodes no more than ninety minutes.
0: Should be <laughs> easy. Yeah. Um, if we have any guests on, we might have to rein them in a little bit, depending on what the topics to are. Rein ourselves in, man. Well, I mean, you could magic of editing all that shit out. So, um,
2: and now before we get to the interview, and before we plug our sponsors, our current sponsors, WrestleMania was this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, honestly, I had a hard time getting into it or investing anything in it emotionally, just purely for the fact that I haven't really watched any of the new product at
0: all, I haven't been watching it either, but I've been keeping up on shit. I've been reading what's been going on. Yeah. Um. So like the whole thing with the Kofi storyline, I was fucking way invested to in it just because he deserves it. Yeah, dude. that's the only
2: thing I've been following is just the stuff I'd see on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or whatever is that, you know.
0: And CM Punk was asked about a couple of things which I'm uh-huh. amazed that he even fucking responded to it. I saw the video of the interview they asked if they thought that Shane being the best in the world was a shot at him and he's like, "Well, how could it not be?" Yeah. But then again, I'm like, "Okay, well, Jericho was doing that best in the world shit too." So, there's yeah. that.
2: I I'm kind of digging uh heel Shane I don't know why I don't. I never really cared for him as a face.
0: Uh, to me, it's it's hard for Shane. Like in the Attitude Era, heel Shane worked real well. Now, yeah, I, I can't.
2: Well, because now, because then he could just come off as the spoiled rich kid.
0: Right, and you know what would have made WrestleMania so much better is if the Mean Street Posse came out. Oh, that'd have been fucking sweet. So much better, but.
2: Uh, but, yeah, yeah,
0: Kofi getting the big one. Punk was asked about that, and he goes, I'm glad it finally happened. It's like 10 years too late. Yeah. But – or well, 10 it's, years I, late. I, yeah,
2: I wouldn't say – Not too late, but But, late. yeah, he's been busting his ass, so if anyone deserved it –
0: Oh dude, I uh, was out of the so entire fucking, roster right now. As soon as it happened, Kofi's, my jaw hit the ground. You're the top of the I'm list. I'm like, they finally fucking did it. I figured they were going to do oh, it. Oh, oh, me too, dude. But I would Cuz there was
2: too much, dude, there was too much behind it like as far as the fans were concerned. Yeah,
0: but it was a real short build though. I mean, that it's only been since elimination chamber. Yeah. It's ba- they're basically replaying the Daniel Bryan storyline 5 years later, 4 years I'm later, just, whatever it is. Dude, I'm just glad that they
2: he doesn't have to use that stupid fucking like cardboard looking belt. The car- it's like cardboard and bedazzled. That's the eco friendly belt. Like he, went- <laughs> he went to Michael's to fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's the eco friendly belt, man. <laughs> <He> Title. <laughs> <He> <laughs> I bought you the know materials no, that. for his- a belt.
0: He bought the materials for his belt at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's run through it like this then. Mania opens with Brock and Seth.
2: Okay, that's uh, dude. I was actually expecting it near the like the latter part of the show so i was like waiting i'm like okay where's the brock and seth match where's the brock and seth match because i wasn't i usually stay off facebook and stuff um when i'm watching stuff like that just so i don't get spoilers or anything like that. so did you
0: start mania late then yeah i started about uh
2: half hour 45 minutes in oh yeah
0: then you had just missed it yeah so
2: but It's cool that Seth Rollins has the universal title. I'm glad
0: Brock is gone. Again, I'm not looking forward to him coming back, back. dude. It's a paycheck. Oh, I know, dude.
2: Um, but I think at this point, if if you really think about it, I I think he's made enough money at this point to where he doesn't have to to. where he really doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit on his farm in fucking Canada and just chill.
0: I think, I mean, dude, Mania for the past, I don't know how many years, it's including the pre-show, we're talking seven, seven and a half hours. Yeah. I think splitting up the title matches the way they did, Mm -hmm. it paced the show real well.
2: Yeah, like I did hear generally positive, you know, feedback as far as, like, the pacing, uh, the quality of matches. Yeah. Except for some. Of course, you needed the... uh, the quote-unquote, palate cleanser match, like the fucking Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle match. I, I was just like... For it being I I I assume, I assume the uh, I'm bored with this position where I'm just sitting on the couch staring at my phone. Yeah, that was basically <laughs> Playing me. Fucking...
0: Or looking um, at Facebook or some shit. By the end of it, I was glad it was over.
2: Yeah, because that was fucking... Dude, it went from, f- what, 4 o'clock? Yeah. Till...
0: Damn near well, ten. Include the pre-show in there, dude. It went from fucking two to it went from two to nine thirty, nine forty-five. Oh,
2: dude, and I heard I heard uh, people trying to take the trains and shit. Oh, yeah. After the show, I saw a picture of it. Yep. Holy shit!
0: And I think their transit no stops. No fucking at, thank you. Like fucking, I forget what. Yeah, them, like, so
2: people were basically stuck there till like the morning.
0: Yeah. Um, like oh, fuck that. I think. And I fucking, I was texting Bobs about a Basement Bobs, because he saves up all this shit to where, like, he can't just skip and watch the fucking pay-per-view like we do. Uh-huh. Or would. He fucking. He'll he, watch all the he has to, shit. Yes. And he's like, I haven't even watched the Rumble yet. And I'm like, dude, then fucking watch recaps, watch the pay-per-views, and get up to me. Yeah, Mania. watch because the raw a, replays, man. It was a very, very good Mania, dude. Very good Mania.
2: Triple H's entrance was kind of lame Fucking, yeah, dude. And then Batista tripping through the fucking that. ropes. That shit, yeah. Dude, Triptista. <laughs> I felt bad for him. Dude, I did too. And someone said, dude, like, I, I was kind of scrolling through Twitter after it happened. I saw the hashtag Triptista. And uh, someone said, uh, is Batista drunk?
0: I saw that too. Like, he's like weird stumbling and shit. I was dude. talking, I was talking, well, I was commenting on someone's post where they're like, did you see how slow he was moving around and then he tripped through it. is he drunk? And I'm like, dude, he hasn't been in a fucking he hasn't wrestled in five years. Yeah. And okay, he tripped. Then what?
2: Yeah, he hasn't wrestled since what? Thirty. Yeah. WrestleMania thirty or slightly thereafter. Yeah. Cause yeah, there was that, that uh
0: the triple threat. Six
2: way tag. Or six man tag between the shield and evolution.
0: Wasn't it? Yeah, that was after Mania. Yeah, wasn't after it? Mania, I think. Or before Mania, I don't know. I don't know. But that's but, when he fucking quit. Was back then. Yeah, it was back and around
2: two what 2012. Yeah, five years ago. So fourteen. So he hasn't wrestled for most of the time the WWE network's been in, in existence. Yeah,
0: and even still, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> for him being as gone as long as he was, mm-hmm. I mean, there were a few hiccups here and there, but I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Um
2: yeah, I mean for what it was it was decent, you know, it was about what you It was expect. a slower
0: paced match. It was like more of an old school type match. Yeah. It was about what you,
2: it, it was about expected for a, a street fight type match mm-hmm.
0: The Nose then, Ring. Yeah, the Miz Shane McMahon match yeah, was okay. I thought it was good. I knew the outcome the minute they went up there and he was setting up for the superplex. Yeah. I knew knew all right.
2: Well, because Shane's going win. See, the big problem now is everything's so fucking scripted. Like, yeah. you know, no one is allowed, except for maybe some of the veterans. Are no, uh, no one's allowed to, just kind of call it, it in the ring. Yeah, you know, everybody. It's well rehearsed, well scripted.
0: Well, look at the shit that Macho Man would do. He would fucking yeah, fill up it notebooks was, full of that shit. And they shit.
2: used to what's funny is they used to give Macho Man so much fucking mm-hmm. shit for that. But uh so yeah, and then Becky Lynch is now Yeah. Has both women's titles.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. The finish was
2: I love seeing when a champion is that fucking over.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's it makes it it makes it worthwhile. She is What Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Yeah. And I love every minute of it.
2: And then, uh, yeah, so you got Seth Rollins winning the Universal title of the universe. Uh, Kofi Kingston winning the WWE heavyweight title. Uh, Becky winning both. Becky winning both the women's titles. Iconics. Iconic. Iconics, yeah. Winning Winning the the women's women's
0: tag. Which I wasn't, like. I didn't expect that. New Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor.
2: Yep, Finn Balor, IC champion. I was worried he was going to fall when he was on that Did you see
0: when he fucking jumped, dude? Yeah, dude. I'm like, that's too high, dude. You're going to fucking blow out your knee.
2: You're right. Um, Yeah, all in all, it wasn't bad. Uh, I did like the return of Dr. Thuganomics fucking John Cena. Yes. Dude, you as see much a- as as much as I thought that character was annoying as shit, I dude, I actually love that version of John Cena, that kind of heelish version yep. of John Cena, and because uh, I was like, I was kind of weirded out because at first they showed uh, footage of Babe, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Calling a shot and all that yeah, shit, so I'm, I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then I was doing. I'm trying to piece
0: together who it was because of all the Babe Ruth shit. Yeah, I didn't get it, and then the Babe Ruth. I mean,
2: I get it because he's in New York. They're at MetLife Stadium, which is what where the I think they were the Giants play or Jets play. One of them, and then,
0: but the only thing I could think of after he came well when he comes out wearing a Yankees jersey and he came out to all that Babe Ruth shit was I'm thinking back to. Money in the Bank 2011, the mm-hmm. build-up to that, where Punk fucking tells him, you've become what you hate. You're the fucking New York Yankees. <laughs> and then he comes out to that. I'm like, oh, shit. It's happened. But,
2: uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. The Elias thing was kind of dumb. Like, I thought that was probably the worst.
0: He uh, Elias. They edited out the Seven Nation Army thing when he started playing the riff from that. Really? Yeah. No, when I saw it live, they didn't. No, they when it was live, I mean, they couldn't edit it oh, out. Oh, But yeah. if you go and well, watch like it now, it's watched, gone.
2: Yeah, when I watched the encore of the Hall of Fame, they edited out when, when Bret Hart got jumped by that fan. And, man, did you see the fucking mug shot? Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> thank <like>, you
0: got <laughs> Dash Wilder is my hero. Oh, dude, I'm sure a lot of them. I'm sure Braun got a few shots in. Dude, No, dude, Braun took forever to get over there. But he
2: was involved when they were dragging a dude's ass out.
0: Yeah, and that's when Wilder fucking knocked him out. Boom! I'm like, that's a new hitman right there. And then I saw, who was it? I think it was Zack Ryder fucking posted a picture on Instagram of him and the hitman. (laughs) And Scott Dawson fucking responding. He's like, don't you fucking touch him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, because when I was watching it, um, it goes from... I was telling you about this though when it it went from him having his hair all fucking nice, nice and, neat, and neat to all of a sudden he's got like some stray fucking and that dude took natty
0: down too, man, yeah,
2: well, somehow it's like she grabbed onto him,
0: I think she was trying to take the bump for Brett dude,
2: yeah, I don't think it was scripted though, just oh no, no, mean, it wasn't scripted. I'm saying with. she
0: knew he was going yeah. down she she had the wherewithal to, 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 to know what was going, on. yeah, down. so she was trying to absorb most of it, um. But,
2: yeah, the Hall of Fame, ultimately, it was okay. It was decent.
0: Uh, I dug it. I, I, loved kinda... the f- I loved the fact that there were no reactions from the New Day at all while Hogan was on. Really? While Hogan was coming out, everybody else was on their feet. They all stayed seated.
2: That's fine. You know? He fucked up, you know? Yeah.
0: And he's still paying for it.
2: And he's still paying for it.
0: Because his damage control... Was kind of oh well. Weird. Here's the reason why I said it. This is you know this yeah, is what I meant. This is what, instead of just being was, like I fucked up, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, it was like some sort of veiled apology. Yeah, like not really an apology, but and you know what? Like, yeah, should he have said what he said? Hell no. Of course not. No. You know that's not acceptable uh, speech, especially if you're a white guy. Yep.
0: You know, so and then he fucked up at the beginning of WrestleMania too. Did you see that? He no. comes out and he he does the Silver Dome joke, which is what we all expected. But they were in MetLife Stadium, so okay. I, he follows up the fucking the Silver Dome joke with "We're here at the MetLife Center." No, dude, you're uh, in the stadium. You still fucked up.
2: Oh, you know what I think it is? What I think happened is because there used to be a uh. uh uh, an arena in Minnesota called the Met Center,
0: the Metropolitan Center. But the best part of it, though, right. is that he's standing on the stage and you could see the camera angle that they have. And it says uh-huh. right back here, Met Life Stadium, oh, real yeah. fucking it's, big. Yeah, it's dude.
2: really big on the sides of the It's building. like, so
0: if you don't have a cue card, it's right up there. That's all you got to say. Where are we? Just like in Spinal Tap where he fucking flips it over and it's taped where they are. It's like, <laughs> it's right up there, dude. All you got to do is look at it. Did you see the Elias segment from Raw?
2: Oh, an Undertaker. Yeah. I saw the clip that they put on Facebook, dude. Undertaker looks fucking good,
0: dude. Yeah. Like he definitely looks good. He looks old as shit. And you know, he's he's missing some stuff up there. But even then, like looking at him like that, I'm like it works on him.
2: He's in fucking way better shape than he was at Mania last year.
0: Let's not talk about last mania.
2: I'd rather not. I'm not. So, in no. you know, in that sense, I'm kind of... In a way, I am i don't mind. Because someone's like, oh, it's not WrestleMania without uh, fucking Taker and Cena. It's like, yeah, but there's no reason for Taker to be there. Because the streak doesn't exist anymore. Nope. The streak's been done since WrestleMania 30. And
0: it's like, they bring him back. Like, last year, dude. Like, there was no... But all that build-up was fucking Cena. And then... Is he going to show up? Of course he's going to show up. It's yeah. Mania, and they're billing the match. And then what he did Taker do before that? The year before that was with Reigns. Yeah. The year before that was, what, Bray Wyatt? Yeah. And the buildup for that one with Bray Wyatt was all Bray Wyatt. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Like, ever since the Brock Lesnar one, like, that one had a hell of a buildup. Yeah. And ever since that, it's almost seemed kind of... Pointless to have him at WrestleMania.
0: The only match I want to see Taker in at Mania. I don't. I don't care how old they are. Is with Sting. Yeah. Because even if you watch like Untold, that's, yeah, Sting that's the says one. I that's the one to see. match he would come out of retirement for.
2: I would have loved to see that, but I don't see it happening. I don't either, but it doesn't mean well. And then uh, I can't hope for it. During uh, the, I guess they was a, the. Winner-takes-all match between Seth Rollins and Kofi oh, Kingston that Rob. turned into a fucking tag match between the them and bar the bar. has
0: become WWE's get-out-of-jail-free card.
2: Yeah, this is like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, How are we going to uh, bring uh, the uh, bar in?
0: Which, well, you remember when they did the brand split again where, they're, oh, they're going to do the best of seven, and they actually put them two together, and it was like, dude, these, what? I don't want to see this shit. Yeah, now I it's like, I, I still dig them.
2: Well, and then... Uh, yeah, the, oh shit, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was during that match, because of how fucking weird, like, the direction it went, that people were chanting, like, bullshit, CM Punk, AEW, which I didn't realize that AEW's got some serious fucking money behind it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some fucking they've, billionaire they've from the Middle investor, East yeah. that, that, you know, made his fortune in the auto industry, in, yep. uh, in auto parts, actually. And you know what? I I, I welcome it. I want to see it. I want to see it on TV. You know, I want an alternative. An alternative that isn't TNA. Impact or TNA or whatever you want to fucking call it. Because Ring of Honor, is it's okay for what it is. But all the fucking, like all the big talent from Ring of Honor has either been swallowed up by the WWE or swallowed up by AEW. Because... I was looking at the Wikipedia for AEW, and it says uh, Tony something or another—I can't remember what the, his last name is—is is the the primary owner, and then it says Cody Rhodes, executive vice vice president, uh, Nick Jackson, executive vice president, the other Jackson, executive vice vice president. So basically, Cody Rhodes, Young Bloods,
0: Young Bucks—they're Young Bucks. Young Bloods. Don't want anybody bitching about that. The Young Bucks
2: and um Kenny Omega are all executive vice presidents.
0: Here in the Silver Dome.
2: And um Brandy Rhodes yep. is like chief brand officer.
0: So, so they're trying to set it up like WWE basically. That's
2: exactly what they're trying to do. They're and trying then, to create uh, an alternative to By using their model. Basically yeah, to basically dethrone WWE as the It'll premier never organization. Happen. No, because happen. WCW tried to do it, and that they caused, did for
0: eighty-two weeks. That
2: caused one, the most morally questionable product WWE's ever created. So WCW as well did some really fucked up shit. Yeah, um, Judy the Bagwell shit does not play well that. today. Like if you watch the shit now, a lot of it's so fucking cringy, dude. Yeah, but, but also at the same time it was some of the best shit. Oh, yeah. Like, and, you know, yeah, there's the whole rose-colored glasses thing, but, um, like, just watching, I was watching the, the go-home episode of Raw uh, before WrestleMania 13, which, you know, technically is this very, very early, almost the beginnings of the Attitude Era. It was yeah. when Stone, you know, it was after of course King of the Ring 96. Yeah. And all this shit. I wouldn't say it's exactly the start of technically I guess the the accepted the, uh, the
0: main event of that was Sid and Taker.
2: Yeah, I guess technically the the accepted uh the accepted start point of the Attitude Era is actually WrestleMania 14. Yep. Um but WrestleMania 13 is I mean, it has a lot of decent matches.
0: I'd say the that start... That
2: Bretton-Austin match is pretty funny. Oh, that, that's a it's classic. A absolute classic. Yeah. You know, I've been rewatching. watching I was actually watching from that go-home episode of Raw before WrestleMania 13, and now I'm on WrestleMania 13. I've been watching more of the old product. I've been trying to do that for several things. Like I was also trying to watch the uh, progression of the, uh, the Invasion angle uh. from... And I started with the episode, the simulcast episode.
0: I watched it live. Yeah. I watched it live. I think
2: that's when I started to, like, get away from it, you know, when I was in high school. Not
0: me. I don't know. I watched it live. All in all, dude, this week, like, Mania weekend has kind of brought me back a little bit to the point where I just, today I watched Raw, which I took a three-hour Raw and condensed it by fast-forwarding it down to like an hour Mm -hmm. if that and that i was watching smackdown earlier but
2: anyways uh we got some sponsors to plug um so stick around be back with the interview
0: lips from anvil after these messages we'll be right back
2: Hi, this is Jay from Stuff Still Rules Podcast. You know, there's a lot of hot sauces out there, but if you're tired of going to the store and being forced to choose from the same old boring selection, try Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Owner and creator Kyle Coulson and his wife came up with their wonderful fruit-based sauces in their own kitchen in the Bay Area of California. With flavors like jalapeno cucumber, carrot apple, ghoul's brain jerk, techno destructors, garlic death grip, and many other regular and seasonal flavors, there's sure to be something for everyone we here at stuff still rules podcast love all the sauces that kyle sends us and we think you will too so go check out hellahothotsauce.com, and while you're there visit some of the links to their partners be sure to like hella hot hot sauce on facebook and follow them on twitter as well to keep up to date on the new flavors and upcoming events hella hot hot sauce.com. so good you'll want one of each
0: What's up guys, this is Big Million from Stuff Still Rules Podcast, and if you vape, or you're thinking about getting a vaping, check out gremlinjuice.com. Based in Olympia, Washington, Gremlin Juice offers some of the most unique, affordable, and flavorful e-liquids on the market, including their world-famous, often-imitated, but never-duplicated vanilla custard. It doesn't matter if you're new to the vaping world or you're an old hat to it. Gremlin Juice has something for you. I've been a customer since 2013 and I can only say positive things about Gremlin Juice. Rich, the owner of Gremlin Juice, created a promo code just for you, the Stuff Still Rules listener. Use the promo code SSR to save on your Gremlin Juice purchase. You can also use that promo code at gremlindiy.com to save on your purchase there as well. Remember, that's gremlinjuice.com and gremlindiy.com. Use the promo code SSR. Gremlin Juice. If it tastes good, vape it.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined on this episode by the one and only Lips from Anvil. How's it going everybody? So,
1: um First off, how's the tour been going? Uh, pretty good, you know. I, no complaints. Yeah. I'm having a good time like I usually do. Yeah. Every every minute every minute counts, man. Right on. Um have you been you been to Fresno before, right? You know what? I don't think so. Okay. So this is kind of a a new thing and I'm and it's a real big experiment because it's a, a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you had a chance to go around at all today? Uh, no, I went to the I went to the Freezy Queen or whatever it is over there. Oh, okay. And I had one of the most awesome pastrami sandwiches I think I've ever had. Oh, the Tasty Freeze. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh man, was that good?
2: Yeah, they they're, they're pretty good. Um. Yeah. So so it's been. I know you get asked a lot about the documentary try uh, not to st- not unusual stick on it too much but so um, I heard you guys are trying to get uh, trying to do crowdfunding or something to that effect to do like a
1: a sequel, a sequel or a follow-up no. or anything no no that's okay that was just some completely false fake news couldn't be more <laughs> false no crowdfunding no okay um, we're probably not going to do it oh okay Because so I was
2: thinking maybe um, you guys were gonna do some sort of like re-release or something and and do a follow-up little special bonus or something
1: no there's there was there was the thought of doing another one but then the time came and went oh okay um the other thing is uh things have changed in the movie industry oh yeah in the way that less and less money to do things oh i see so the director, Sasha, was looking for funding outside of himself. Oh, okay. It's, it's, sure, first time round, he took all the risks, fine. Right. And it did well. Well, when he took it to movie theater companies, for the movie companies, they're dragging their feet. Oh, I see. And there was, at one point, VH1 was going to go for the second one. But then the guy who worked for VH1 quit. Oh, fun. <laughs> and went That's... to Universal. Aww. Started working for Universal. And because he left, there was no one there interested enough to continue with the, with the project. Oh, fun. So after that, he kind of looked for other... And even went as far as making a, a, a um, another trailer to mm-hmm. show where... Where and what we were going to do because he filmed probably about 40 minutes worth of the next movie. Oh, A okay. Good portion of it got done. Wow. Oh. That he paid for himself. And he just didn't want to. But they couldn't get anybody to pick up the ball, so we just went, "Wow. Well, oh well. Oh well. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, went on, on to the next. And meanwhile, he's doing the movie Hitchcock and." doing the movie did the movie uh dinner with her my dinner with herve oh yeah which is is, did absolutely phenomenal on on um on hbo yeah and i have to honestly say it's a terrific terrific biopic probably one of the best ones i've seen oh wow ever and it's it's on the level it's virtually on the level of quality of the anvil movie It's just that it's done for TV. I think it's been seen by something like twenty million people already. So ultimately he got what he wanted, the public the 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 exposure. Yeah. Right. And it's a terrific movie. So I'm I'm gonna hype it up. I'm telling people they should go see. If you like the anvil movie, watch My Dinner with Her Bay. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Just great.
0: I wanted to check that out. Very,
1: very emotional. Now we're, we're
0: over 10 years removed From the album. Yeah it's over 10 years yeah. Which blows my mind that it's been that long Because yeah. to me it's still such a relevant movie It will be
1: forever Right yeah. Because it's, it's not necessarily about About It's not necessarily just about A metal band That's yeah. not what it is right. It's about The human equation About never giving up it's about having passion for doing what you want and what you love, Hell yeah, and for having the strength and the determination to do that, and it sets a, a huge, huge example for people to, to watch and connect to. That's a forever, that's forever emotions. Oh, yeah. It will not go away. No matter how many years down the line, people will watch that and be inspired, because we all have dreams. It never, that will never stop. It's just, who's got the balls? Who's got the energy to follow it? I did, and I set that example. And when people watch that movie, they go, right on, man, I gotta try. I gotta try harder. Look how much passion this kid, this guy has. I do too, I can do this too. And that gives, that's inspirational. That's a good thing. Hell yeah. And that's why, it, that's why. It went by in a blink. People are still discovering that movie today. And it's on it's Netflix, the... which makes oh, yeah. everything easy.
0: I watched part of it earlier and after yeah, I, I rewatched it you, recently as well. After but... I talked to you and asked if you'd be down to do the interview, you're like, hell yeah, I'm like, I'm watching it again. And it has that it has that, that aspect. You can watch it over and over again. Yeah, and oh, yeah. you know what the other thing, and it's a credit to you. Something that always struck me that's like, I guess it's kind of like infectious positivity because here you are <laughs> overseas in Europe with seemingly everything going wrong and you're like, we found these sleeping bags, dude, that's thats the coolest thing to happen. Or at least it got to happen. Like the, You were so positive throughout the whole thing that it's just like, this dude's got the right fucking outlook on life right there.
1: Well, you know, someone said to me last night, the one line when, I go, when they go going, you know, everything went wrong on the tour. And I went, well, you know what? Everything went wrong on that tour. At least there was a tour for it to go wrong on. Right. It's true. It's better than sitting in my fucking living room, man. That's right. Okay? And that is a truth. You know, and there's a lot of jealous musicians who watch that and go, fuck. <laughs> yeah, even though it went wrong, I wish I went wrong on me. Fuck yeah. Right? Right. Cause all I do is sit in my living room. I never get a gig or, or get to play anywhere.
2: Yeah, and that was one of the things, like, when I found the, the story of Anvil, that was a big thing with me, is I get, I'd get i get really down, when because when, we were in a band together at one point, And, of course, ego has gotten away and all that bullshit. Yeah, they they usually do. But uh, (laughs) usually when I was feeling down, like, oh, fuck, man, everybody, no one's booking us because some asshole's fucking talking shit behind our backs or some stupid crap like that. Right. You know, that was when, you know, I'd go pop on the Anvil documentary and be like, you know what, they can fucking do it, so can I, you
1: know. Well, that's what I mean, and that's why you can watch it over and over again. You know... Here's an interesting an interesting observation. Bands that... of my peers that were... that were also trying to get somewhere. Jealous. Bitterly jealous.
0: Over the movie? Yeah.
1: It could have been me. It's my story. It's like, well it wasn't. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Because you know what? This is where the difference lies. And I'm not saying it out of ego, and I'm not saying it out of anything but fact. Anvil were an ins- influential band.
2: Yeah. Oh hell yeah!
1: Okay, you're not going to get Tom Araya or Lars to sit and talk about another band like they did, and they did that not because they got paid, because they love the band. Fuck yeah! That's why they did it. Fucking hell! Anybody else is going to go make a fucking documentary? Go try to get some talking heads and see if it doesn't cost your money okay that didn't cost a nickel those guys fucking were up for it you know Tom Araya fucking called me and he goes lips I got a call from this guy Sasha and I want to tell you that I am fucking so into helping you guys any way I can I owe you that's what he said to me do you know how much you influence you know how much you, I love you man I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking, I've only got good things to say. He didn't ask for money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's true, pure honesty. That's, that's aspect number one. Aspect number two. We did that with somebody that we were nice to when he was 15 years old. Kid walked into the fucking marquee club in London, England, knocked at the door and said, I love you guys. Can I shake your hand? Can I fucking talk? Sure, come on in. Hey man, can I take you out and show you around London? Yeah, come on. Kid's 14, 15 years old. Let's give this, we're thinking, let's give this guy a fucking, a a, a dream come true. It was our first time in England, we were fucking blown away because we're going, holy shit, this kid knows who the fuck we are. (laughs) So we're showing the gratitude to this kid that we we're gonna take you in like you're one of like your buddy, right? That kid, as it turned out, had relatives where we come from back in Toronto. He shows up, knocks at my door, I open the door, what the fuck you doing here, D-bag? <laughs> 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 come on in. It's like, holy shit, the kid that we met in England is showed up on my doorstep. Awesome. So you know, we were just happened to be going out on a run into Quebec. Come with us. Tell your mom that you're going for a, a little short drive. You're gonna come with us for up to up to Quebec to show you around, right? So we took him with on the road. And he was helping his, his favorite drummer in the whole fucking world because Sasha was a drummer. I get to I get to set up Rob Reiner's kit and get to play it. Are you kidding me? This is a dream come true. We, oh, yeah. we gave this kid the time of his fucking life. Hell oh, yeah. Okay, so now of course. A little time goes by, he's 15, 16, 17. has to go to college. Starts going to university and shit. We lose touch with him. Didn't see him for fucking 20 years or longer. I get a fucking call, and this is what makes everything different. I get a call like 25 years later. Hi, it's Sasha. What's happening, man? I go, No way. <laughs> what are you doing, man? He goes, I live in LA, why don't you come visit me? Yeah, right, like I'm gonna buy a ticket. And I'm gonna come down and visit you, right? He goes, no, I'm buying the ticket. What? Yeah, I'm buying the ticket, man. Don't worry about it. So, like, what fuck, what the fuck? Okay. The ticket shows up by fucking FedEx. I go down to L.A. I go to the fucking, I go to get out at the, on the fucking, where you get, get picked up. And I, I take a look. And it's the kid that was fucking 17 is now in his mid-30s. he's driving. He's got a little goatee, right? And I'm going, it's the kid and he's got a beard now. <laughs> But what does he drive up in? A Jaguar. Oh, no, wow. I go, what the fuck? What's this about, <laughs> right? I get in and I go, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, a, and he goes, oh, I, I, I've kind of become successful. You know, I, I'm i a screenwriter. I go, you're a screenwriter? Oh, that's cool. Fucking right on, man. And he goes, yeah, I I, I wrote a, a, a movie for Steven Spielberg. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> He goes, yeah, man. Have you ever seen The Terminal? I went, are you fucking kidding me? What? <laughs> I saw your name, but I didn't think it was you. And he goes, he just starts laughing. Well, who else would it be? I go, I don't fucking know. I'm like, come on, man. You got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm completely blown away. Yes, a screenwriter for Steven Spielberg. He's best friends with Tom Hanks. It's like, holy fuck. No wonder you're driving a Jaguar. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck. So we start fucking cruising around, hanging out. Fucking, I spent the weekend with him. We end up going to his friend's place, this guy Steve Zalian. I didn't know who's Steve Zalian from Steve Sabian. You know, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Steve Zalian was a was a, dir- a director, or, an, or not a director, but a screenwriter for, for Spielberg and did the, uh, did the, the... The movie about the um, it's the, the during the Holocaust. Schindler's List. What's that? Schindler's List. Schindler's List. That's yeah. right. Anyway, I don't know who this guy is. I'm sitting outside. Well, his while this guy Steve's wife is washing their dog on the beach in Malibu, right? I don't. look at this fucking place. I'm on the fucking beach in Malibu. He's got fucking lemon trees growing here. What the fuck? I'm freaking out. I'm just a Canadian guy, right? So he's having a conversation as they're making coffees for us. Steve goes, who's this fucking guy? What'd you bring to my house, man? Sasha goes, this is lips from the band Anvil. Have you ever heard of Anvil? He goes, no. He goes, they've been around for fucking 35, 40 years. He goes, oh, really? And, and... how old is this guy? Oh, he's, he's going to be 50. The guy goes, okay. And and Sasha goes, he's, he's still fucking working at it. The guy goes, hey, man, you should make a movie about this. And bing, bing, bing. I don't know anything about it, right? I didn't know this was going on. I didn't even, like I said, I'm completely oblivious. You know? I go home. A week later, Sasha calls me. I'm coming up to Toronto. Pick me up and take me to my Uncle Marty's, right? <laughs> And of course, like that's his family up in Toronto. I said, okay, I come and pick him up. I go over to his Uncle Marty's. He sits me down on the living room couch and he goes, well, I'm going to make a movie about you. And I fucking burst out crying. Couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. Because I went, you know what? My ship just came in. That. That is what makes. It's not going to happen for somebody else. That was a special... A very very special gift that came to me that didn't come to any other band it's, you know so guy like like Eddie Trunk who says he could have done it about any band no he couldn't he had to do it about his good old friend Lips who fucking showed him around who he showed around London took him on the road to Quebec and and through the no, uh, Northeast of the United States and fucking gave him the time of the life that is who he did the favor for and that is who he did the movie about so can't it can't be about any old band oh, and no. it's not your story and you're and those are the reasons that that's a one time deal that
0: album period I don't have anything complimentary to say about Eddie Trunk man I never have I think the dude's a pretentious knobhead
1: no but I'm, I'm, I'm only saying that because yeah. I saw him say, I heard him say it in a in a in a in a radio cast yeah. and I couldn't believe my ears. Right. I couldn't believe my ears. Saying that Sasha could have made that about any band. No. No. You missed the fucking point. Passion was a there. Well
2: the other thing too, yeah, the passion was one thing, the passion perseverance, but also like the history of the band in and of itself. Right, I think and was a and, big and, the, thing.
1: and the story within the story yeah. of how we met this screenwriter and who this kid grew up and
0: oh, yeah. came
1: looking for his old dear friends. That's a fucking story within a story, man. Yeah. It's special shit that it doesn't happen every day. Those are, are, are kismet, special, meant to be. Call it whatever you want. It's magical. See, and, that's, and then everything attached attached to Sasha. You know, the guy who he's been friends with for, for many, many years, Sean McCauley. Sean McCauley is, was Sarah Sarah Brown brother. The Prime Minister of, of the UK's wife's brother. So what do you think happens when they debut the movie in London? The Prime Minister of London of the England comes to the Prime Minister's wife of, of, of England comes to the Premier. What do you think that did? It brought every fucking newspaper. all over London to show up at the premiere you can't buy that kind of press well that's right it has to do with who we did the movie with why you're not gonna never mind getting a theatrical release, release how are you gonna talk the London Film Festival into having your movie you need a fucking damn good movie
0: well, yeah, and here we are, and, like and it
1: was a damn good movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: We're still talking about it. Ten years. I'm sure you get questions asked about it all the time. We well, well, I mean, know And bands
1: have been trying to compete with that and haven't even come close. It's been 10 fucking years. Yeah. No one's come close. And they're not going to because of everything that I'm talking about. And you can say, well, it's my story. No, it's not your story. It's the story of Anvil. And that's what makes it what it is. So, you know, here we are, 10, 11 years later, Anvil has not stopped touring. I haven't done a fucking food delivery in 12 fucking years. Hell I was yeah. going to ask about okay? that, man. So what is that saying? Do, am I a millionaire like fucking, like fucking ACDC? No. no. But you know what? I don't give a flying rat's ass. Sweet. Why? Because I've, all my dreams have come true. Yeah. I'm making a living from being in Anvil. That's all I ever wanted. That's all I fucking desired my whole fucking life. Not having to do deliveries, doing what I love, getting away with it, and getting paid. That's all I wanted, and I got that. Fuck yeah, man! That's what it's about. I'm not a pig. I'm not greedy. Just give me what I need. And I got it, and I'm a, as grateful as. A pig and shit. <laughs> and
0: you've been doing this 40 years, man.
1: 42. 42. 42. Holy
0: shit. That's longer than I've been man. And
1: actually even longer. I've been friends and been playing with Rob since 1973. Now, one thing that, uh, kind of a little side note. So you said that
2: uh, in the documentary when you first kind of met Rob, that he was playing or listening to Cactus. Yeah, yeah. Right. So because of that, I went and actually checked out Cactus, because and, and I fucking dig it, dude. I dig the old, like the old, uh, like early, hey, early. You, heavy know, metal. you know,
1: you know what that did by mentioning that spiked their sales. I and it, even before the fucking guy saw the movie, right? And I'm talking about Carmine. Uh, oh yeah. And what's so fucking so so fucking bizarre? There we were at Sweden Rock, and who am I having a conversation with? Like the Karma. drummer of Cactus. <laughs> you want to talk about magic? How the fuck do you do that? That's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, it's like, fucking nuts, man. Like, it doesn't... It, going, you can't... It's not like it's planned. It happened.
2: <laughs> that's one thing I love, is just finding bands that I've never heard about or listened to before. Because, like, that and Cactus, and then you get into, like, Vanilla Fudge and, and Blue Cheer. Yeah, fuck. Blue Cheer, I have one of their albums in my truck right now, because all I heard MC was MC5? Oh, fuck yeah, you MC5? Kick out the jams, motherfucker. <laughs> the best beginning to any song ever, man. Kick out the jams, motherfucker! But, um... So, I wanna, I've want i been wanting to ask you, since you're restringing your guitar, we kind of caught right. you in the middle of doing that. That's okay. Um, have you always, I mean, since the very beginning, like when you started playing guitar, or when you started Anvil, were you always using the hollow body?
1: Well, I, uh, I, I, when I first began, you know, from my, from my bar mitzvah, I got a Fender Telecaster. Oh, okay. But I'd been, I would have been playing for three years. I started when I was 10, and I had a Japanese guitar when I first started, but okay. my dream was to get a Stratocaster, but... I didn't get enough money for gifts for like the one. <laughs> at that time, it was four hundred dollars. Oh wow! It was four hundred dollars for a telecaster and five hundred and fifty for a Strat. And that's cheap considering what they cost. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. come on, man. We're talking about inflation. Yeah. We're talking about nineteen sixty-nine. Yeah. Something like that. So it's it's not the so. Uh, but it wasn't until about nineteen seventy three, once okay. I finished school, I started working at a pawn shop and I saved up and bought an ES335. Oh, gotcha, okay. And I loved it. And everything once I finished my first album, I came to realize I I shouldn't be seen with that guitar because it's not very metal <laughs> it's not very metal and it's ted nugent territory oh yeah right and i thought i need to find my own identity so i was using a mm-hmm. and then a friend of mine the guy who shows you the lola the lola icicles ice ice, ice oh, okay. thing yeah. that guy gary it shows him working at a electronics bench well that guy was he knew this guitar builder uh-huh. and the guitar builder told me he could bake me a semi-hollow flying v which was my all time i need a v but it needs to sound like my 335 can you do it and the guy said yes i can so i had my first one built in 1981 uh, the first time it appeared in the picture was in 83 after the forge and fire album you see me in the shower in oh, a okay. shower with the guitar i'm naked it's <laughs> and i'm in the shower with that guitar that was the first that was the prototype then i had another one made a red one and, and they were all single single pickup guitars and then um i used them up until the movie mm-hmm. like right up until the, the the show in japan and then the fucking things started falling they're, they're so old they were falling apart oh, really? virtually the, the the wood was so brittle that. They're just cracking. Um, then the guys from Raven had met had met this guy from October Guitars, a guy by the name of Tony Licht uh, from from um, uh, I guess he's from the Washington D.C. area. Okay. My, actually, I think he's Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he said he'll build me my own model, and he'll give me a cut of. It's an endorsement, right? Yeah.
0: Right.
1: right on. So that's what these are. Fuck yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, I've been u- I've been using semi hollow flying bees for for decades now.
0: Yeah, I just got a new bee in the mail last week. It's not it's not hollow body, but it's a it's a reference. Not bad, man. So
1: yeah, it's it's an interesting interesting combination a lot of guitar players don't have the, have the understanding of what a semi-hollow is uh, the first the first initial thought when you th- they think it's semi-hollow it's gonna squeal it's gonna be make feedback yes it does but that's the whole fucking point yeah they do harmonic feedback like a Stratocaster you ever hear Ted Nugent's hibernation you ever hear all the feedback fucking shit that oh, yeah. goes on in that? The only guitar you could do that with is a semi-hollow Gibson. Right? You can't do that on any other guitar. Right. Yeah, that's having feedback, feedback availability, but harmonic feedback on any note on the neck. That's what's different about it. You can't take your hands off the strings without the guitar being alive and playing by itself. That's what a semi-hollow does. Like the Stratocaster, in many ways. And and that's, you know, free-form guitar, Chicago, Hendrix. We all know what a Stratocaster can do with harmonic feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Come on, the beginning of Purple Haze says it all, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because
2: that's, I mean, mean, really, that, that makes that's some, one of the more iconic things about the anvil sound is that semi or the semi hollow or the holly bo- hollow body sorry uh b right. yeah, in my
1: opinion that anyways like well it's, it's one of, it's 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 what makes me me yeah that and my vibrate <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah because i mean uh, that, that's a that's a whole other thing like it might be, you know, people would think, oh, that's so fucking dumbass. Why would you? Why? Why not? Because it's actually really clever. Yeah. Because there's something about rock and roll and sex that goes hand in hand. Oh, it yeah. always has. Okay? We'll just um, look at all it's, the stuff. It's, it's, and it's names. just very, you know, from everything from Hendrix humping his amps. You've seen that footage, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's and the way that he strummed it and made it look like he's got, um, fucking got a heart on you know what I mean it, it, there is something very very sexual about guitar playing and the way that oh, yeah. we hold a guitar at waist level and you point the fucking it, it's sexual that's what, that's what rock and roll is all about and oh, yeah. go back to Elvis Presley Elvis the pelvis come on man they go hand in hand the two things when I was a kid, they used to have a toy called Motorific. And what it, what it was, it was made by Mattel, mm-hmm. and they were a little plastic car and that came apart, and it had a little electrical motor in it that ran by two penlight batteries. And it would clip in, and the, everything was interchangeable. You could change the bodies, you could change the motor, and all that it would do is just go in circles or straight. It had no track or anything It's not like Hot Wheels It was a little battery-ized car Well, I was a kid And I'm playing with I'm farting around with the fucking thing And my guitar was on So I got this idea I'm going to let it ride down my strings So I started down the strings And it rides down my guitar neck And then over the pickup And all of a sudden it goes Through the amp (laughs) Oh, Oh wow, look at that What? (laughs) <laughs> so then I thought, wow, well, electric motors come through pickup. So we're at rehearsal one day, and we're talking. We've got to do things. We've got to come up with stuff that makes us memorable. And I go, oh, I just got a great idea. <laughs> you know, we're writing songs about sex, you know, yeah. songs like ACDC. The first album, School oh, of Love, yeah. was about, about lesbian girls. Fucking, I want you both with me, that's having a threesome and all these songs, bondage. Like all the songs are about I got so I go, I got a great idea. I'll go down to this place called Consumers Distributing. They sell vibrators. Right? Three bucks. I'm gonna go get one. So I go down, of course, very embarrassed as hell because you don't ask for it, you write it write it down on a piece of paper and then you hand it to the guy and the guy is looking at it, looking at me going. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I get the thing back and, of course, click. Oh, awesome. It never really occurred to me, okay, it's hard plastic. And I realized, okay, you can go up and down the neck. And, get, and for the time being, it really did the job. And then, of course, in Motor Mount, the beginning of the song Motor Mount, that's the actual that's the vibrator going up the neck and going up the strings. The strings were all mm. tuned to an E chord, and all I did was go from the open E up to the 12th fret, and then the song starts. Right? Mm. That's how how this how what that intro was made. By. Yeah. And during the song Mothra, if you listen closely, you'll hear because we thought that sounds like a Bumblebee Or yeah. it sounds like a, An insect Right mm-hmm. So we were making Insect sounds With the vibrator <laughs> So I mean All this stuff Is like Wow that's fucking great Later on I started thinking Fuck you could use it I going to get a variable A variable speed Right So you could Make it rev. Oh yeah Right And then I Started thinking more And I go Well wait a minute Especially after The Van Halen days And he's using tapping. Yeah why don't I use it to tap? Oh. Start using it to tap. Then I started using it as a bottleneck. So I got all these variables to use it as a, something musical. It's not just a show. I'm using it to make make music with. Yeah. Is so it's, own- it's, it's further. It kept. It, it grew. The whole concept grew.
2: Now, did you did you use it on a, a song off the, off the new album?
1: Yeah, I'm just doing okay. what I want. Okay, the yeah. At the very beginning of that. Uh, 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 that's what that is. And you know what? I think, if you really
2: think about it, I think maybe Eddie Van Halen kind of stole the idea from you when he did Pound Cake, but he used the power drill instead of the vibrator.
1: Well, yeah, and then in the, the entry to the guitar solo, we used the drill. Oh, because okay. it Because it... Okay, because it it did a higher frequency than the vibrator could do oh, okay so <laughs> you know one guy inspires the other and away you go right well
2: I think we're gonna probably have to start wrapping yeah. this up yeah. so I want to thank you from the bottom you, of man. our hearts for, for letting us sit down and shoot the shit with you okay man we're getting drowned out by the sound so. it's
1: metal <laughs> hell
2: yeah look at Thank you for being here. Uh, check out their new album, Pounding the Pavement. Uh, if they're coming to your town after this podcast is on, uh, be sure to check them out. They're worth a shot. You know, They're worth a look, dude. Like, I fucking love this band. I hope you do, too. Thanks again. I'm <laughs> just going to right, ramble through it. But awesome. Thanks, man. All right, so we hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Lips from Anvil. Um... Dude, it was fucking awesome just sit. Like, I had had a false start when we first started the interview. Well. Just because, you know, I'm staring at him like a fucking idiot. Well,
0: what people don't get is that we had sat there and talked with him for about 20 minutes before we started it.
2: Yeah, all in all, we got to sit and bullshit with him for
0: about an hour. Almost an hour, yeah. And the thing was is that, like, when he first came down, because... The way it was all set up is I was talking to him on Facebook Mm -hmm. through Messenger, and I'm like, dude, we're not on the list. And he's like, oh, I'll come down and get you. And when he came down, like, when I saw him, that's when I initially got starstruck. But I knew I had to snap out of it. And when we went up in the green room, I guess, and sat down on the couch and started talking to him, Mm -hmm. I, I like, looked at you a few times, and I could tell that, okay, he's starstruck, too, number one. And number two...
2: Like, the lights are on, but no one's home. No one... Yeah, and, like, every... Uh, like I'm like, he's he's
0: nervous, and the only words he can mutter right now is, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm like... (laughs) Like that! (laughs) So I'm like, I gotta, like, talk as much as possible right now, so this dude doesn't think that we're retarded.
2: (laughs) What was funny, though, is he was... (laughs) Lips was kind of going on on a little bit of a uh, semi-political rant or whatever... I, and I was just saying, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think know, it's just, just a passion. Because I, really I really did not want to get in a fucking political debate with no. not only one of my metal heroes, but also a fellow from Canada who's but not I, totally familiar with how,
0: you know. Like, before we started, that, I felt my whole job was to make it as comfortable as possible and to get familiar as yeah. much as we could. Just kind of um, break the ice a little yeah. bit, and
2: then instead of just jumping right in, and I mean, it, so. we could
0: have gone a lot longer if that if the first band hadn't gone on.
2: Well, we could have got got gone a lot longer if we wouldn't have started. If we yeah, the, you know, if we would have re- like started recorded the minute whatever, we sat
0: so. down. Um, it's whatever. But the it went good. It was a fucking sweet.
2: Came out really good. Yeah, which I was it. happily surprised because. Um, we didn't bring our normal, uh, setup, which I'm kind of glad now because now, you know, we could use that for shit. future ones, but so I just basically set my, uh, iPhone in between lips and I, and you know, hit record and it can't, I mean, for some, I mean,
0: shit. It That's worked. one of the
2: positive things I can say about the fucking
0: iPhone. And I'll give you this, the battery life too. Cause when we walked into the building, my phone was at. Ninety nine percent. I had been charging it on the ride. Yeah, you had to
2: leave during Anvil's set to go charge your phone.
0: Yeah, knowing that the live stream was going to take some battery, Mm -hmm. but by the time Anvil actually got on and I went and looked down at my phone, I'm like, dude, I'm at three percent. I need to go charge this shit. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm at fifty six percent. Man, fuck off. Yeah, and I had to buy a charger on the way up there, (laughs) but uh, the whole the experience in interviewing him was one of the coolest things i could say i've ever done
2: yeah it was pretty it was pretty fucking awesome and just kind of like i enjoyed the fact that the interview kind of was on autopilot for the most part yeah it wasn't like i didn't have i i was going through questions i wanted to ask them in my head like the day of and I didn't have anything written down; just kind of went in there, seat to seat of the pants, and it came it it went pretty well because I mean it went conversation style. Yeah, more and or less, I and, mean, yeah, it turned that out really was, good.
0: That was one of the things I said to him before we started recording: is look, man, it's not going to be an interview. We it's we want a conversation with you. I think the interview thing fucking gets tossed around a lot, and an interview is too scripted, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, but for us, I think the people that we have on, uh, like our bread and butter, is more conversation than it is actual interview. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, the interview was fucking awesome. I like because I know how big of a how much of a fan you are. I'm just yeah. like you know what? I'll be the fucking I'll be the the hype man in this. Jay's gonna be the main dude.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the interview went great. Lips was fucking just awesome as fuck. Heck, we both got a drive-by handshake from fucking Rob.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we both saw him as you
2: go shake his hand and also print. And, and you, by, by.
0: you could tell he like he didn't want anything. Oh to no, do with us. that's he's...
2: not his thing, dude. Like he's he's kind of like Neil Pert in yeah, a way he where fucking, he just fucking doesn't.
0: I think he might have been upset that we actually that we recognized him.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> you know, he's that... got a he's got a fucking uh, uh you know recognizable look
0: he's got it yeah, and he's got to be aloof but the bass player too like the bass player was walking all over by oh, yeah us he was shit. all over the place i thought it was a roadie so dude. did i i felt
2: bad when i found out, i'm like oh shit, especially while we're sitting there player. talking
0: we're talking to lips and he looks over at him he's like can you go get my tuner man it's down on my amp he's like yeah no problem And he comes back with the tuner i'm like yeah it's got to be a roadie." <laughs> and then when they hit the stage i'm like hey, that's a fucking bass player dude
2: yeah but, I mean, yeah, the show was awesome. Uh, Helsink and – or Helsic. sick And Archer Fresno Nation man. were both good. They were the openers. I guess on some of the dates it's supposed to be Don Jameson. No, but, no,
0: no. I was going to send that to you, too. It was on oh. all dates except Fresno. Ah, that sucks.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, if they're, they haven't come to your city yet – uh check them out probably by the time you listen to this they'll have already maybe come and gone
0: for being in their 60s number 1 Yeah. for being a three piece number 2 they are they still put on a hell of a show unbelievably tight and oh, put yeah. on one hell of a show man heck yeah i was i was expecting a good show but not that good of a show yeah. you know
2: i mean it was it was really good and especially for a tuesday night there was a good showing and everything so um Again, thanks to Lips from Anvil.
0: Um, Definitely and, would like some more time with him in the future. That'd be sweet if we yeah, looked that up. Yeah, that'd
2: fucking awesome. But, uh, uh, oh, one small thing I want to say before we get into all the bullshit is... Uh, or all the, you know... The wrap-up. Links and wrap-up and all that shit is... So, on the last two episodes... I want to apologize for the audio issues during the interviews. Uh, during the Casey Orr one, I think it was picking up like that, Like some weird feedback or whatever from that's, your phone. That's
0: my phone being too close to the mic. Yeah. And then when they cut in and out, at least for Casey, and I know my phone's done it before though, but I figured out all that shit. Like when it sounds like he's going like this. Yeah, to me, yeah. I'm like, dude, he's sliding the phone all over.
2: Yeah, and that happened a, a few times during the the Carrie Means episode, and I uh, did my best to edit it mm. and adjust the volume and stuff and try and make it a little bit more clear so you could at least understand what he was you know, saying because we couldn't.
0: Yeah, We just did our all. best
2: to try and figure out. <laughs> I mean, I've the... got
0: a fucking landline, dude. I just got to get an adapter yeah. to where we can plug it in. But so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed
2: those episodes. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash stuff still rules.
0: And the video, the live stream of our interview with yes. lips is on uh, there. You could see him fucking changing his strings while he was talking to us the whole time. Yeah,
2: we caught him in the middle of getting ready to change his strings. Um, you can find us on Twitter, WSR podcast, the number one. I'm on Twitter at uh, at BDJ1985. Big Million is at Big Million. Let's see. <laughs> email. To... Oh, email if you want to ask us a question or uh, topics or anything like that. It's WSRpod...
0: WSRpodcast. At gmail.com. We should probably update that shit if we can at some point. I don't know if we I don't can. think we can on the email.
2: All right. You can find the podcast now on anchor.fm. That's our new hosting site, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public. Um, I'll be working on uh, probably sometime this, you know, the next day or two to get us up on iTunes again. Because um, I deleted the old one that was using the SoundCloud RSS. But yeah, you can find us on all those. I'm sure there'll be more in the future. But yeah, keep continuing to listen, spread the word. Uh like, review, all that fun stuff. Uh follow us on the social networks.
0: And oh yeah, YouTube. The YouTubes, I got to I got to show that some more attention to.
2: Yeah, Was it stuff still rules? <laughs> yeah. Podcast or something like that. Uh,
0: I think it's just stuff still rules, YouTube. Okay. Dot com slash stuff still rules.
2: Yeah, and we'll have all the links for all that stuff um, on our Facebook page pinned to the uh, top of the page. um Yeah. All right, so I'm Jay Matson I'm Big Million. And until next time. Middle on middle. It's the only way. To hell with
1: tomorrow. Let's live for today. Peace.